I am Candace, and you're listening to Music for Cupcakes, a podcast all about a bunch of songs that I wrote a long time ago. I'm so excited about this episode, which, if you're new here, means that this will probably be one of my longer episodes. I have a lot of random fun facts to talk about, so let's get started. This is probably the biggest departure from the kinds of songs I normally write. Usually my songs are pretty upbeat and childlike and catchy and often about ex-relationships or sometimes snarky social commentary. But Loyalties is actually a serious song, primarily about the plot from a fantasy book written by my college friend Robert Wiesehan. From the beginning of my songwriting journey, Rob has always been really supportive and a bit of an inspiration for me to keep writing songs. Even though I've honestly only seen him in person like maybe a handful of times and way back during our undergrad years at Calvin University. I think we were mostly like friends on Zanga, which was this blogging site way before the likes of Facebook and Instagram. So I think we knew each other more by our writing than our actual conversations or real-life personalities. I remember writing a song called Dear Jesus in one of my early years, and he reached out to me with some really kind words about it. He also used some of my music in one of his podcast episodes like a long time ago, which was super cool. Anyway, back in January of 2014, Rob wrote and published a book called Aurora Nights with the subtitle Loyalties. He sent me two copies, one for myself to enjoy and the other to be left at a free library in Melbourne to hopefully be circulated around Australia. So here's the blurb at the back of the book. When unimaginable evils rise to threaten the world, a sisterhood of watchful maidens call forth a hero to wield the magical titan gavel, one of the five legendary aurora arms, and recruit a team of knights to defend all mankind. So it has been for a thousand years. Rhea, the oracle of the arms, senses a great danger on the horizon, and she expects to uphold the tradition she holds dear. But King Magnus Vatry refuses to make things so simple. Prince Darius Vatry, Magnus's son, craves thrill and battle, but knows it is his destiny to stay safely on his throne and lead his people. A twist of fate thrusts this young brash prince into command over the very knights he idolizes. When the burdens of leadership grow heavy, he'll be forced to decide exactly where his loyalties lie. When Rob sent me the book, he didn't ask me for anything in return except to leave the second copy in a free library. But I was like, I'd really like to write a song about the book as a personal challenge because it would be unlike anything I've ever done before. And also because Rob was such a fan, I thought he would really appreciate it. I'm always super flattered whenever anyone says they like my music. 
the fact that he'd actually listened to a few of my songs, not to mention taken the time to write me about one of them, was mind-blowing to me. So here are the lyrics. And by the way, I don't want to spoil anything, so I'll try to make this podcast as generic as possible when discussing the plot. But just in case, light spoiler warning ahead for the book Aurora Knight's Loyalties. The world thinks I deserve the role I'm in today, but I have little control over what I do and say. I was trusted to be wise, keep my eyes on the cause, with little room to navigate these ancient laws. Could I really live with one foot in each of these two different worlds without feeling torn in half? The fate of the world is in my hands. Where do I stand? I've been manipulated, used as a pressured pawn. My father has an agenda, and he's taking me along. He says our blood is thicker than the history of our land. But the more I educate myself, the less I understand. The fate of the world is in your hands. Where do you stand? I'm torn from two sides, what's fair and what's right. Conflicting expectations when to fight or to flight. I deny your power, your selfish policy. I need to follow my heart and set my conscience free. The fate of the world is in our hands. Where do we stand? I know I'm not supposed to say this, but I am a little proud of the lyrics. I don't normally read books in the fantasy genre. Honestly, I don't think of myself as smart enough to really get into most fantasy world building, which is really complicated and intricate. But it was a nice challenge for me to read a fantasy book and actually understand the concepts enough to write poetry about it. It was fun reading through the book and selecting certain ideas or passages to come back to, to work into verses that rhymed and seemed coherent. It was like a puzzle. There's one passage in particular that I pretty much took right from the source material. This is page 98 of Aurora Knight's Loyalties. A few weeks ago, Darius could have lifted his mug to it more sincerely. But now, the conflicting expectations of his two positions stifled his enthusiasm. The toast made him wonder once more if he could really live with a foot in each of these two different worlds without tearing himself in half. So obviously my pre-chorus comes from that line, could I really live with one foot in each of these two different worlds without feeling torn in half? But I think the rest of the lyrics were summarized from the book for the most part. Obviously the lyrics are very specific to the plot of the story. But I think they could also be applied to the feeling of growing up and making choices that differ from what you were taught in your childhood, having a different belief system than the one you were raised with. That resonates for me, especially as I've become an adult and also a parent myself, that dichotomy between your own experience and the experience of the people who raised you. My songs are usually pretty upbeat and childish and in the pop genre, and I think I considered writing something similar at first. But then I was like, mm, no, I need to go all in and take the song seriously. 
I wanted to use the song as a way to push my songwriting boundaries and wanted to experiment with a darker sound. It still incorporates my genre. I'll never be able to be anyone but myself. But it's definitely, like I said, a departure from my usual sound. So let's talk about the intro. One of my weird quirks is that I'm obsessed with movie credits, usually end credits. I'm very picky about those, but also the opening credits. And one of my favorite movie openings is when a movie soundtrack begins over the production logos. Most standard movies start after the logos, you know, Paramount, Fox, Regency, all that. The logos are either silent or they come with their own musical cues, like Lucasfilm. But some other movies start their dialogue or a song or the actual soundtrack over those logos. And for some reason, I really, really love that. Sometimes it gives me chills. So I kind of wrote the intro with this swelling bass and this really dark sound, thinking like, if Rob ever got his book made into a movie, then this would be like the perfect thing to play at the beginning over those production credits, you know? Anyway, a girl can dream, can't she? I included a lot of Baroque and Renaissance sounds, kind of stereotypical for a song about a fantasy book series. For example, this lute sound. Like everything else in the song, it's not a real instrument, it's a patch on GarageBand. It plays the same thing over and over, except for the chorus, which is a simple chord progression. And then I added layers of other instruments to create this fantastical soundscape and a lot of reverb everywhere. I think if I was to do this song again, one of the bigger changes I'd make would be to add real string instruments to this lute part. Like maybe an expressive viola that builds to a full string quartet by the end. I think that would sound really awesome. I guess because the song has such a strong Baroque influence, having more prominent strings would make sense, like Bach or Vivaldi. Not that I'm comparing this song to them in any way. <laughs> the percussion in the first chorus uses a tiny sliver of a garage band loop called Funky Pop Drum One, and I added a bit of an echo so it wouldn't sound super abrupt. I wanted the percussion here to sound like a heartbeat to symbolize the feeling of nerves building up since the main character has to make a lot of hard choices in the book. The main beat is composed of two different loops slowed all the way down. I used Affected Drum Kit 5 and Exotic Beat 8 for this kind of industrial sound. Here's what they sound like at normal speed. They sound a little weird by themselves, but when they're in the mix, they kind of add to that mysterious dark sound.
There's a lot of symbolism in the music, and most of it was done on purpose. For example, the vocals in the second verse split into two harmonies right here. To illustrate the idea of being torn in two. The instrumentation in the background has these arpeggios under the lyrics, Our blood is thicker than the history of our land. And I kind of wanted to illustrate the flow of blood, which is kind of gross, I know. In the bridge, there's this two against three rhythm in the accompaniment that I really like. slows the song down a tiny bit because it's a new rhythm. So two against three is where one line has triplets and the other has like eighth notes. I think. I've always been terrible at music theory. And that's probably not the most accurate way to describe it, but that's the way I understand it. It's kind of a tricky rhythm, and I used it here to symbolize the friction between the main character's loyalties, because you have two different rhythms going at the same time, kind of like opposing views. There are lots of little details in the vocals. In the pre-chorus, the line, with one foot in each, was a little inspired by, like, Lord, maybe, really with the cool vocal scoop. One foot in each of these two Some of my vocals are more obviously auto-tuned than others, but I did that on purpose. Especially here in the last Where Do I Stand of the first verse. Where do I stand? I tried to sing in a way that confused the autotune so it would kind of wobble there. And I think it sounds kind of cool. The bridge vocals are much more autotuned than the rest of the song. I actually had to use a separate vocal track for the bridge to crank up the autotune. Because it's a pretty slow song, a lot of these verses were recorded in staggered takes and then later edited to make it seem like I sang it all in one breath. I have terrible breath support, and I always have. Even when I started running long distances, I thought it might help my breath support because sometimes that can, but it totally didn't. I grew up singing in choirs, which is fine because you can do a lot of stagger breathing there, and no one can tell if you take a breath here and there if you're not obvious about it. The trick is to do it quietly and seamlessly in a place where you wouldn't normally take a breath. I'm gonna totally embarrass myself and play you one of my isolated tracks. First, the unedited version with all the separate takes that are recorded to make just one verse. I've been manipulated, used as a pre As a pressured pawn, my father has an a My father has an agenda and he's taking me along. 
<clears throat> Gotta clear your throat. Taking me along, he says, our blood is thicker than the history of Ireland. He says, our blood is thicker than the history Whoa. of Ireland. But the more I educate, making the auto tune work a little bit. myself, the less I understand. Okay, that was embarrassing and terrible. But now, here's the edited version where I painstakingly pieced all the parts together to make it sound like I can sing. I've been manipulated, used as a pressured pawn. My father has an agenda and he's taking me along. He says our blood is thicker than the history of Ireland. But the more I educate myself, the less I understand. I did this for almost every verse, by the way. You can totally tell a few of the places where I put two different takes together, but some of them are kind of seamless. And in this particular verse, I had two different voices singing the same part, and I made sure that the breaks were in a different place for each voice, so it wasn't too obvious. The lyrics of the chorus change a little bit with each chorus, which is one of my favorite things to do. The first one is, the fate of the world is in my hands, where do I stand? And it's just the one voice singing it. The world is in my hands, where do I stand? The second chorus is, the fate of the world is in your hands, where do you stand? And it's multiple voices in unison singing it. I think it was to symbolize some of the characters in the book. And the final chorus is, the fate of the world is in our hands. Where do we stand? And it's sung by a large crowd. The fate of the world is in our hands. Where do we stand? Where do we stand? Okay, so this is my favorite part. When you record a crowd, it's important to have diverse voices. It's best if you actually use a bunch of other people because that just makes the most sense. But at the time, we had just moved to Australia and I had like zero friends. So I was like, I'll just record myself a bunch of times. Here's a tip for duplicating yourself for a crowd chorus. If you sing everything in the exact same way, it'll sound more like an effect than a crowd. So I tried singing each take a little different. It still doesn't sound like a normal crowd because it's still on my voice, but I did some takes that were bright and harsh, some that were more choral sounding, some that were louder, some that were softer and breathier, and when I combined it all, it sounded a little more convincing. wanted some male voices in there and instead of doing the rational thing and asking my male partner to sing a few lines 
I decided to put a few of my takes through a vocal filter. Most of the pitch shifting filters on GarageBand are not great. They sound more like the kind of filters that serial killers use to talk to detectives in thriller horror movies, right? I took one of the patches. It's called Deeper Vocals. It's super scary. Here's what it sounds like on its own. And I kind of adjusted a few of the knobs on GarageBand. I think it was mostly trial and error to make it sound more like a normal male voice. And when you put it all in the mix with the other voices and layers of instruments, it's a tiny bit less obvious that it's a creepy filter, at least to me. The combination of the pre-chorus and the chorus at the end was a fun experiment. The nice thing about writing a song on a program or an app instead of all in your head is that you can copy and paste stuff and experiment pretty easily. I didn't write the chorus and pre-chorus thinking I'd mash them together at the end, but when I was writing the ending, I thought it might sound kind of cool. And fortunately, it does. Things don't always turn out that way though. Sometimes I'll be like, ooh, I bet this chord would sound good here, or this bass line. And then I'll add it in and it sounds like, what the heck was I thinking? Anyway, I'm really happy with how the song turned out, and it was a really fun project for me. It's very different from all of my previous songs, both musically and lyrically, but it was a really great stepping stone for me to branch out and try different sounds and techniques. For this episode, I thought it would be fun to invite Rob himself to do a little interview since the song was heavily inspired by his book. He was kind enough to give up part of his Saturday evening to have a nice conversation with me about his book and life in general. Thank you so much for joining me on your Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. So, uh, sorry, I was a little a little flaky getting back to you. Oh, uh, all right. um, it, it it helped that you just like eventually just kind of like threw a deadline at me and it was like, okay, yeah, sure. Let's do it. You know, it's, it's better when it's not nebulous. <laughs> yeah. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, yeah. Kiddo is getting off to bed here and uh, just kind of kind of having a lazy weekend. Uh, how are you? I, I, uh, I keep hearing things about Australia's lockdown being really like aggressive. Yeah, they're um, they don't really know what they're doing. So we're just at home and um. Mm. Yeah, it's been interesting this year because um, I don't know if you can see. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Congratulations. Another, so this is number three, right? Number three. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Good deal. Congrats. Yeah. So it's kind of been a strange year to begin it mm-hmm. and be like, oh, everything's getting better. And now everything's like, well, I mean, people have babies and apocalypses all over the world. So. <laughs> right. Right. You think about, you know, like I'm sure people were having babies during the Black Death or whatever, you know. Yep. So. It is what it is, but yeah. Real so, life finds a way kind of moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. So um, I guess an intro question would be, what inspired you to write the book? It was kind of my attempt to take the superhero motif into fantasy because there's, I mean, there is, there are novelizations of superhero stories, but there aren't, there's not as much of a market as there is for fantasy. So to kind of take the tropes of superheroes, Avengers, Power Rangers, teams of extraordinary people, 
given the ability to fight evil kind of stuff and to take that into fantasy um obviously with aurora knights the idea was five weapons five heroes i never i never did get to continue the series because life changed in ways that made it really hard to keep up with some kind of creative endeavor like that um but but the idea was to eventually just kind of you know have a have a team of five superhero-ish fantasy heroes um uh, you know going and saving the world using using the tropes of superheroes in the um in the genre of fantasy uh have you reread it in a while i have not uh i i have copies actually we were cleaning recently and i found kind of my stash of like copies that i bought for myself so that i'd have some on hand if i needed to like sell them personally but i actually haven't gone all the way back through it um i do i do remember like the general flow of it very well and and sometimes you know i'm laying in bed late at night and i can't help but like mentally start to write the next segment um but but so far that hasn't really put me words to word processor kind of thing what was your initial reaction when i told you that i was i wanted to write this song about your book i was i was honored um as as you said before you were you were just really really flattered when i reached out to you and and had loved that dear jesus song that you had written um and i thought i thought that was very moving so when you said you were you were doing something based on my work i was like wow it's i mean it's neat anytime someone reaches out to you and tells you that your work has been uh been affecting been you know and so um i was i was excited to to see what you would do with it when you first talked about it and was it all what you expected? <laughs> so the tone was very different, right? Because you, because uh, um, even just just reaching back to what we talked about a moment ago about me thinking of it as kind of a superhero story wrapped in fantasy, and then you had this this much more I don't want, I don't want to say not not even dirge like is not what I'm, that was the first phrase that popped in my head, but it is it is a minor key song. It is a um, it is a, there, there's an air of desperation and confusion and trying to find one's place in the song, um, which is absolutely part of the story, but also, I guess, different parts of the story end up having a different atmosphere. And that was the one you seized on, which is, which is ideal for songwriting, I guess, because it's the, it's the seat of the emotion of the story, right? That the, the finding your place, the wondering if you're being used, those kinds of emotions are, are kind of the foundation of finding empathy with the character. Do you ever think about like your book being like option for a movie or anything? Do you ever like daydream <laughs> about that? <laughs> oh goodness. I, I mean, I, I picture it very cinematically, right? Like I picture, I picture it, you know, cuts and frames and things, you know, I could, if had I the, had I the um, illustrative talent, like I could, I could see myself like storyboarding it or something. So I do it being drawn from, superheroes i do picture it in that kind of frame by frame way of comic books or storyboards or whatever i guess as an author how do you feel about like book adaptations in other forms of art like we just talked about tv shows and movies but also like paintings songs other random things has anyone ever done anything else i think you have a friend that did the cover art right uh, it wasn't a friend i i actually i actually found a professional connection oh. i I asked a friend who'd had some illustration work done on another project to um, kind of help me network into someone who would who would be appropriate for that. Um, and he he really he really knocked it out of the park. But it wasn't something where I I kept in touch. I I you know paid him for his work and and then we kind of parted ways. Okay. Um, but but the yeah the cover art is absolutely very very comic booky very um, 
you know, action pose kind of kind of heroes front cover um, in their in their armor with their weapons and all that good stuff. Um, I'm trying to think if anyone has really done anything further with Aurora Knights. I did. You know what? This actually loops back into uh, into the music realm uh, in kind of a tangential way. But I had a band reach out to me from Aurora, Colorado, who wanted to be the Aurora Knights and noticed that I already had had prior work named after that. So they just reached out very briefly and was like, Hey, like, can we, um, you know, can we use this name? Will there be any trouble with you? I was, I was like, it's all good, man. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not becoming some, some big, you know, uh, author hotshot who, who needs to really, really ensure that the T's are crossed, the I's are dotted kind of as far as, as far as rights. And I said, just do it and don't, insinuate or highlight any kind of relationship between us. And that's fine. We're just two different We're ships passing in the night. We happen to have had the same kind of cool idea for, for a name or a phrase or something. Um, I, I, I really kind of regret not looking more into like what kind of music they played. I have, I have no idea what kind of music they played, but I gave them my blessing. Like, Hey, I'm not going to chase you down for, you know, using this name on uh, from my prior work. Nice of you. <laughs> yeah. They could be like some heavy metal band or, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't plan on being, I guess, I guess I didn't presume I'd end up so, um, <laughs> so successful or, or tied to it that there would be an, any, um, any major confusion. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, that, that was probably somewhat naive of me in hindsight. Um, but, but um, ultimately with where life has gone and with, with my, me having kind of discontinued writing and having to go on to other jobs and stuff, um, it, it's, it's been fine. You know, it's, I'm at peace with it. Yeah. Anything you want to promote, I guess, like where can people find you if they want to read the book? Um, if you want to read the book and, and anytime this, this comes up and I'm around, I, I do preface it with, it was intended to be two books and, and it hasn't come to pass. Um, it does tell a story with, with an opening and a closing on its own, but I cannot promise that I'll get to the next thing. Um, it can be found on amazon.com. It's Aurora Knights book one loyalties. Um, I also have a short story on there, um, that I'm actually pretty proud of called Genki, a story about living, uh, about a girl who, uh, who, um, kind of connects emotionally with her uh, Android robot caretaker and the uh, relationship that develops between them as, as she, as her health problems are being taken care of by this robot. It's about 20,000 words. It's a short read. Um, so if you want to find those, you can find those on Amazon. Uh, I'm also, uh, as far as just public things, I'm currently on the Dungeons and Randomness podcast. Um, that is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast uh, with, at this point, four separate Dungeons and Dragons groups adventuring in the same world and occasionally the fallouts from each of their adventures cross over into the other group's content. So there's there's a neat synergy there as the content kind of cross-pollinates. Uh, you can just find them by searching D and R podcast. Um, and we always preface it with people. We have a ton of episodes. Just start on arc four. That's the current arc. You can always backtrack if you want to hear the previous stories. Thank you again to Rob for the interview and for writing an awesome book that inspired this song. To wrap things up, here's the full version of Loyalties.
can check out this song and some of my other tracks on soundcloud.com slash cupcakecandice or candicek.bandcamp.com. If you like this episode, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you soon. Try to keep